Now, the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning and welcome to the Monday edition of the program. I'm Bobby Curran along with Tanner Hayworth. And between us, we'll try and bring you the complete world of sports, pros, colleges, high schools, other sporting events taking place here with guests and giveaways. And, of course, your phone calls. And we're going to get to this because there was another uh, performance in which Hawaii was outdone, this time in the desert to UNLV. It was not a particularly good game as uh, Hawaii just couldn't seem to get it together offensively, and and surprisingly, the defense uh, couldn't really make much of an impact against uh, UNLV's strengths. Uh, I thought it was interesting um, uh, that and Hawaii's frankly, the offensive line has got to get a lot better. Braden Shager, I mean, you're talking about a lot of sacks, six sacks to be exact, as well as hurries, and I mean I, that just makes it tough on a quarterback. I think the offensive line is going to have to uh, regroup and play a little better. Fortunately, they have a bye this weekend. That should help. Um, you might have something you want to chime in on this. And go ahead if you have something. It's 808-296-1420 to call or text. And, uh, and let us know what you think. I think it's a, I think it's a, a difficult course uh, that they have a difficult row to hoe. They've had a number of injuries. That's true, starting with... Uh, uh, Logan Taylor, one of the most serious. Tylen Hines only recently uh, has been back, and I'm not sure he's 100% quite yet. But that's, uh, that's a problem. Hawaii's going to have to be uh, better than they've been. Not much doubt about that. Uh, there were some upsets, I think, in college football. And there were some that games that were closer than people expected. Certainly Georgia was challenged by Auburn, uh, and that has uh, led them to have their hold slightly compromised on first place. Still first, but not by as much as they were. And the teams that I think people are looking at now, Michigan and Ohio State, uh, both seem to be moving up the rankings. Uh, good football to Texas, uh, and, and I think also good. And I think those, I mean, if you ask some people, they would say that's probably your Final Four. And I think that's not impossible, although it's awfully early to make anything strong to decide anything in a strong way go ahead if you have something uh and again it's it's 808-296-1420 i i want to get to a couple of different things this morning we are going to at the bottom of the hour going to get to the Ryder cup which is uh, we had mark rolfing volunteered to do a wrap-up for us and it's funny many of the things he predicted came to fruition if hawaii uh, rather if the u.s team didn't do what they needed to do and they didn't. Um, they, I think, in my mind, I'll see if he agrees with this. I think that thing was over after the first morning session. I mean, Thursday's uh, Friday, rather morning session, they get they get shut out 4-0, and it was off to the races for the Europeans. And the Americans just can't win on European soil. I mean, that's been pretty clear. And I don't know. You can attribute it to the fact that those guys play better together. We're going to get to all that at the bottom of the hour with uh, Mark Rolfing. 
I did want to get to a couple of interesting things also. I mean, when you want to chip in on the UH, please do. But in the, uh, in the NFL, I thought there were some interesting games. I was a little disappointed with uh, Tua, and not so much with Tua as I was with the Dolphins. Dolphins just couldn't get stops. And that was really brutal. I mean, if you don't get any stops on a team like Buffalo, you're going to be in trouble. And Buffalo has not been all that good in every game. I think that's just the fact. And, uh, but they were pretty damn good against the Miami Dolphins yesterday at home, where, of course, they have a big advantage. Uh, we're going to talk about that game as we move on a little bit. And I do, before we go any further, uh, want to give out a good thought to the, uh, to the Russ Francis family. He was killed in a plane crash over the weekend. And that on, this was on uh, Sunday. Uh, he, I guess, I don't know if the accident itself was Sunday or was Saturday afternoon, but in any case, Lake Placid Airport was the scene where he was involved in a, a tour company. And uh, a shame. I remember when uh, Howard Cosell was calling Russ Francis all world as a tight end. And that was pretty much something. Um, and he is, uh, uh, he was a first round pick of the Patriots out of Oregon in 1975. Had a very, very good career, particularly early in his career. Really impressive. Uh, so thoughts, good thoughts out to the Russ Francis family. Um, that's just one thing that we wanted to talk about today. But I did want to get to this. I mean, I don't know exactly what happens to a pro team because up until now, I mean, you would have thought that Tua Tango Vailo in the Miami Dolphin offense was just the best in the league, bar none. Didn't look like it yesterday. I mean, that's a tough one. They lose 48 uh, to 20 yesterday, and that's a good beating. And now I don't think that's necessarily an indicator of how these teams will be down the stretch all season. Remember, the teams play twice in the AFC East. Next time we'll be at Miami where they've been much better. So we'll see. But uh, that was not, that would have to be disappointing for everybody in that program. And a couple of other games that were very interesting. We'll get to some of those. Uh, I thought the pros, uh, listen, I am tired of as anybody else of this, uh, this whole Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing. They can't let it, the networks can't let this go. I don't know. I mean, you talk about smart marketing. I mean, is anybody getting as much free advertising as, as uh, this woman, Taylor Swift? Unbelievable. I mean, it just, it just will not go away. I don't know if there's anything to the relationship deal, but I do know this. In terms of getting your name out, boy. And I, I would say it doesn't seem like Taylor Swift needs a whole lot more of that, but certainly it couldn't hurt Travis Kelsey any. Um, I would think that because, let's face it, Tight ends are well-known in the football community, not so well-known outside of it. So that's, uh, that's an interesting deal. A couple of great performances yesterday. How about Mr. McCaffrey in San Francisco? Holy smokes. Christian McCaffrey, career-high four touchdowns yesterday in a pretty thorough dismantling of the Arizona Cardinals. 35-16 uh, was the final in that one. But I got some questions. How bad is New England? They lose 38-3. to uh, to the Dallas Cowboys, and New England just doesn't seem like, I mean, Bill Belichick team's putting up three points in an NFL game? That it seems like there's something flat wrong with that. If you have something on this one, uh, go ahead and give us a jingle. 
is that number. Um, and if you want to get down to a team that got challenged a little bit, that was the Philadelphia Eagles. That was a division game uh, over the Wa- uh, Washington Commanders. That went to overtime before Philadelphia uh, notched a 34-31 victory. There were others. There were some surprises. Minnesota got off the schneid. They get a win uh, yesterday. Um, I thought the Indianapolis Colts played pretty well against the Rams before losing uh, 29-23 to in overtime. But how about this one? How about the Pittsburgh Steelers falling to the Houston Texans 30-6? to If that didn't get you, that's a surprise to me. I got to say that. Uh, and some of the games went pretty much as expected. I wasn't surprised that Baltimore uh, put it on Cleveland yesterday. Uh, Lamar Jackson ran for a couple of touchdowns, threw for a couple more. I mean, he was really pretty good yesterday. Um, someone said, this was a comment by one of the NFL guys. Um, I think it was this was his coach, John Harbaugh, who said, Lamar is who he is because of who he is. He's going to bring his full skill set to every game. Huh? He notched his 150th career win. That's what we're going to do. That's what he does. That's why he is who he is. I didn't think that was particularly lucid in his commentary, but I understand his point. Uh, Lamar Jackson makes plays when he needs to. Now, I've heard a couple of people saying uh, the, that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs were played pretty closely by the New York Jets, and guess who Patrick Mahomes credits that with? Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson was pretty good yesterday, and I think he had a couple of mistakes, no question, but he was a lot better than he's been. And so now if the Jets are starting to think, maybe we got something here. Well, I would say if he keeps on the improving trend, you might be able to say that. Um, I'd, I'm going to have to see this a couple weeks in a row before I'm going to start to hand out the kudos because I'm not sure that that needs to, uh, needs to be it exactly right yet. 23-20 uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs over the New York Jets. And that was a lot closer. Well, I had a funny feeling because the line in that game was five and a half. That did not seem like enough. Now, both teams made their share of mistakes yesterday. But it just seems when you need a drive. And I'm going to tell you, I thought there were a couple of calls that went against the Jets that could have turned that game around. Now, everybody's talking about Sauce Gardner being charged for pass interference. But the play before that... I thought when Mahomes was back to pass on third and long, there was a blatant, I thought, blatant hold uh, by one of the interior linemen uh, on the Kansas City Chiefs. In fact, he might even be a defensive end who wears 57 on that team. Uh, But in any case, I just thought they got away with blue-bloody murder in that one. And I'm no Jet fan. I just have to tell you that right off the bat. But it did seem like that was a little much it's 13 minutes past the hour. Let's do this. We'll take a quick time out. Right back on the Bobby Curran Show on ESPN Honolulu. Welcome back on this Monday edition of the program. Good to see DeMar Hamlin out on the field yesterday. And I thought that was pretty neat, the Buffalo Bill uh, safety, who had been nearly uh, dead on the field last year against Buffalo. 
And uh, I mean, against Kansas City, and he comes back and he's in the game on special teams, and I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, because he's, you know, I think he'd like to get back to a more prominent role, but they're going slow with him. He played on special teams, uh, which is, you know, I think, a good place to get started. And uh, uh, boy, every time he comes in, I have to say, every time he takes a hit or a bump, it worries me. And maybe it shouldn't because he's obviously cleared to go. But he was in the on the field on the opening kickoff as part of Buffalo's return team. Uh, he didn't register a tackle with his role limited to special teams duty. That uh, was interesting. Let's, uh, we got a couple of other things to get to in the NFL. There are times a guy steps up and you just realize how good he is. And I thought that was very much the case with Christian McCaffrey yesterday. I mean, how valuable was he? Looks like Arizona had come out with a little attitude yesterday. They wanted to do well against their division rival. Uh, but McCaffrey just was able to put things away. I mean, he is uh, unbelievably close to some records. And Kyle Shanahan obviously has major trust in him. Now, I just don't think that's, that's debatable because the guy can catch the football. Uh, he's a great route runner, very good hands, got into the end zone one way with a, with a catch, and the other three were rushes where he just not – close to the goal line, he's not stoppable. I mean, that's pretty much crazy. But uh, they, they had a – that's a career high, the four touchdowns yesterday. And the 49ers won their 14th straight regular season game by beating the Cardinals on Sunday. How's that? that that's a pretty impressive deal. Anybody think that the uh, 49ers don't have a chance to be in the NFC championship game and possibly a berth in the Super Bowl? I would say everything points to – they could get there. I mean, I just think there's uh, almost every other team has shown signs that they might not be. I mean, Dallas and their lost Arizona didn't look very good. I mean, we're seeing some of these teams we thought were really good didn't look too good. What about the Cleveland Browns? I mean, my goodness. They have turned into a dumpster fire. And Baltimore very easily over them, 28-3 to the final in that one. And I don't, I don't know if it's time to write off the Cincinnati Bengals, but it might be. Because they just have not been good uh, so far. Are they one and three now? I mean, that's a horrible record. And they got beat twenty-seven to three by Tennessee. And I don't, I don't think anyone thinks Tennessee is one of the monsters of the midway. Now Ryan Tannehill threw for two hundred and forty yards and a touchdown, and they had their worst offensive performance in forty-nine years, and bounced back by routing the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, a couple of other teams that might have been a little better than we thought. Um, and I, for example, I was almost ready to say, what is wrong with Jacksonville? But they get a 23-7 to win over the Atlanta Falcons yesterday. And I thought that's, that's a great win for them. Because they, I think people are starting to have doubts that it was starting to extend a little bit to the quarterback there. Um, I think that some people were starting to say, you know what, Trevor Lawrence, I'm not sure about him. I don't think you need to get quite there yet. That's a, it's a little premature to do that. And I thought Desmond Ritter was quite on time. His own, he reviewed his own performance and said, I did a terrible job of taking care of the football. Uh, he was right. And uh, that was no doubt about that one. So, I mean, I just think in the NFL, if you turn it over the way the Arizona Cardinals did, for example, uh, 
against the Niners. You cannot, you know, turn the ball over and over and over and expect to win the game. I think that's so obvious that it almost doesn't require a statement. But if you do it, you're going to find yourself in trouble. Pretty good comeback by the Denver Broncos on the Chicago Bears. I'm going to nominate the Chicago Bears as one of my three worst teams in the NFL right now. To me, anybody that can lose to Denver who gave up 70 points to the Dolphins, I'm, I'm putting you on the list. And, uh, but they came back. Denver came back against Chicago, and Russell Wilson threw for three touchdowns. He's not my favorite, but uh, he's, he did a nice job yesterday. Didn't look too good in the previous outing uh, against the Miami Dolphins. So that's what you got. And then we have some upcoming football to talk about. The Giants are a uh, one-and-a-half-point underdog to the Seattle Seahawks at MetLife Stadium. So that tells you what people think of the New York Giants, and the answer to that one is not much. And apparently they're going to have to go without their best offensive lineman. Andrew Thomas won't play tonight, apparently, and nor will say, and nor will Saquon Barkley. Got Sam on the line. What's up, Sam? Good morning, Bobby. Oh, Monday. How are you? Good. You uh, guys had a close call yesterday. Man, well, a couple of things. Well, first off, I want to uh, give give a shout to the European team, man. They they finish it out for the Ryder Cup. I was hoping the U.S. going to make a run on Sunday, but uh, it was a tough loss. But I guess got to the next game for that one. Um, and then you know, UH UH is a tough one, Bobby. I was hoping the boats could rally more so in in, uh, in Vegas. Uh, we'll see about that. And then yeah, Indy man. Uh, you know, honestly, going having a shutout first the first half was tough to watch. But, I mean, that second half, I don't know if you watched it, but you really saw Anthony Richardson, Sean Steichen, how when they get in a roll, they get in a roll, Bobby. I saw, I saw a lot of that game on uh, Red Zone. Right, right. That's that was, the, that the was really my deal yesterday. But that's Bobby. I mean, he, I mean Richardson is a, is a beast, Bobby. He accounted for all four touchdowns. I mean, throwing them in, running them in. Like, that was a 135 passer rating after the second half. I mean, exciting, Bobby. Just at the very end, you got to give it to Pukunakua. That guy finds the pukas, man. He was, he was killing me, Bobby. Killing yeah, me. I hear you. That's, that's got to be disturbing. This guy came out of nowhere. Oh, he went, you know, going into that game, I told myself, my friends, like, bro, Puka's going to kill us. we got to watch Puka. I mean, anybody but Puka. And he just took it, man. you, you got to give it to him. You know, he's got a great game, you know? He really did. No question. Hey, listen, well, excited, the Bobby. season is young, and so is Anthony Big Richardson, time. and he's going to be pretty time. damn good before it's over. But when he gets older and he gets re-defenses and he gets more tight, it's going to be scary, bro. I'm excited, Bob. I hear you. And I, I can't Thank blame you. you for that one. Thanks for the call, man. And uh, we have to – do we have to take a timeout? we got another minute or two. I'm going to try to hit Mark Rolfing, who offered to do the wrap-up when we got a hold of him last Wednesday. He said, I can wrap you up on Monday if you like. And I can't wait to hear that because there are a couple of things. Did you see the deal between Rory McIlroy and Joe LaCava? Now, Joe LaCava is often Tiger Woods' caddy, but Tiger's not a regular participant in these kinds of things anymore, so he picks out other people to caddy for. And uh, yesterday he was caddying, or this past week he was caddying for Patrick Cantley. And something happened on the 18th green after Cantley made a putt to put away the Europeans on that, in that match, and it got a little heated, and it extended out to the parking lot. Now, who would have thought that something like that was going to happen in the Ryder Cup? But I thought Rory McIlroy kind of lost his rag a little bit, and he, I guess, apologized for it later. But he, 
he kind of said something that made you think it was quite elitist. Like, you know, why are caddies opening their mouths? I mean, kind of thing. Like, oh, boy. I mean, are they part of the team or aren't they? Um, I think you could make a case that, yes, maybe they are. Let's do this. Let's take a quick timeout. When we come back, Mark Rolfing from Rome on the wrap-up Ryder Cup. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Welcome back to the Monday edition of this program. We're going to go across the pond, in fact, across two ponds, to welcome Mark Rolfing from NBC and the Golf Channel and Maui Zone. And, uh, Mark, I, I know that had to be a disappointment for a lot of American golf fans, 16 and a half uh, to 11 and a half. And I thought the die was sort of cast on the, that first morning matches on Friday. I mean, 4 0? That was disappointing. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was thinking about this call with you, Bobby, a little while ago and thinking about our conversation on Wednesday of last week. And I told you a few things that I thought were critical for the Americans, uh, one of which was to not get behind on Friday morning. As far as I'm concerned, that's when Europe won the Ryder Cup. I I think it was um, effectively almost over on Friday morning. Um, I told you that I really believed that the key to the American side was to have their top players really perform well. They did not at all. Scotty Scheffler has still not ever won a Ryder Cup match. Um, you know, they just got totally, um, you know, totally beaten down by the top European players. I thought the pairings left a lot be- to be desired. I remember specifically telling you that Sam Burns should not go out in alternate shot on Friday morning with Scheffler. I don't understand why they did that. Not only that, they sent him out first. He was the first player off on Friday morning. They got blitzed, uh, and then he sat in the afternoon and didn't play in the format that he's really good at. Um, it was the same thing for Fowler. Uh, you know, Fowler has been, had been rumored that he was sick and feeling bad, and, and to put him out in the first match on Friday morning in the, at first session, he didn't play again. Did not play again after that. So I, I don't really know how organized they were on what they were doing, but whatever the formula was, it didn't work. Well, that was for sure. And I thought some of those guys, was it Aubers is his name? The, that the young guy that he looked terrific, especially early on. Victor Hovland was his usual dominant self. Um, John Rahm was terrific. I mean, I, I think you have to say Rory McIlroy was out of this world. I think he, I agree with you entirely. You said you thought the top of the European order would be terrific, and they sure were. Yeah, I mean, they've got the better players at the top of the lineup now, and we can talk about bad pairings or, you know, bad attitude that the U.S. had. They didn't show me any energy. Uh, they weren't at all like the European team. They weren't They weren't loose. They looked very, very tight Friday morning. They hadn't been signing any autographs the day before. They didn't do a press conference the day before. It was all sort of this business like, we're going to go in and take care of business here. That's not what the Ryder Cup is all about. The Ryder Cup's all about emotion. And Anyway, we can talk about all this separate stuff, but the fact of the matter is Europe just played better, and they played a whole lot better. That score actually could have been quite a bit wider. Yeah, no, I I actually thought in the Sunday singles, I mean, they didn't play badly, the Americans, but by then the die was cast. I mean, they would have had to come with the biggest comeback on a Sunday in Ryder Cup history. I mean, if someone came back from five and with five and a half points, they only had five. I mean, that was going to be really a bridge too far. Well, you know, it really raises a 
question in my mind, Bobby, and I'm the last one. I love the Ryder Cup so much that would lean toward doing something, you know, tweaking the Ryder Cup format. But if you look at the last six Ryder Cups, they have all been blowouts, and they have all been blowouts for the home team. doesn't matter whether it's in America. The Americans have a blowout. If it's in Europe, the Europeans have it. And I'm starting to think that this home course advantage is just too much. There is no doubt in my mind that the home course advantage in the Ryder Cup is greater than any other big team event in sports. You know, an NFL game or, or a UH football game or something like that, they would probably tell you that, you know, the home, home uh, field is worth three points. I think it's worth way more than that in the Ryder Cup. And so uh, with that crowd and with 50,000 people, you, you really have to overcome a lot. And then if you let them set up the course, the way they want to, that home team is going to do this every time, I think. So I believe that needs to be reconsidered. I, I hear you on that one. I mean, they were made, the holes were short, the fairways were narrow. That plays right into the Europeans' hands. Well, not only that, but they've had four of their team have won the Italian Open. You know, they have guys that play it regularly. Um, you can't expect American players to come over and play in tournaments like that. Their schedule and with everything they're doing, they just can't do it. So the the home field advantage is just a little too great right now for me. And I think it'll be the same thing at Beth Page Black in New York here in two years. Uh, U.S. will have a huge advantage, and if if they do, I think they'll they'll uh, pummel them there. But then going back to Ireland, they'll face the same problem in 27. It needs to be leveled the playing field a little bit. Let me let me get to this because a lot was made out of an incident that happened after Patrick Cantley won on the 18th hole on Saturday. And apparently there was a little uh, a little unpleasantness that followed. Uh, Rory McIlroy got into it a little bit. Shane Lowry got into it. And it was with American caddy. He was Cantley's caddy, Joe LaCava, best known probably for caddying for Tiger Woods. Do you know exactly what was said? Yeah, I, I pretty much do. I haven't talked to Rory directly, uh, but I have gotten from really credible sources what he sees as the issue, and he's still not over it. I will tell you, even though they won the Cup, he's still not over it. Um, Joe was in the wrong. There's no doubt in my mind. If you watch the tape closely, you will see that what happened is once the match ended and the U.S. had won, Joe decided he was going to celebrate, and I'm fine with that. And he wanted to make a statement, so he took his hat off, because his player hadn't worn a hat. What he forgot was Rory still had a putt. Rory had a putt that could have tied that hole. And so Joe, you know, when he kind of got into Rory's line, knew that he had made a mistake. And he could have rectified it right there by just leaving. But if you watch him, Rory looked at him, said something like, get out of my way kind of thing. Joe kind of turned around and started walking, and then he turned back around and went right over to McElroy and got in his face, pointing at him and saying something about, you know, we deserve to celebrate and whatever. I mean, it was totally out of line. The guy was still uh, in the match. The match was still going on. So um, I can empathize with what Rory felt at the time. I think he will get over it. Time tends to heal things, as you well know. Uh, but but that was a fault of the Americans, and it became sort of an ugly American story, really. Well, that is a one in terms of the protocol. Is there any difference between that having been a caddy rather than a player uh, committing that uh, sort of 
egregious breach of etiquette? Absolutely. The caddy should never be in a position where he is impacting the match. A player can impact the match any way he wants. It may not be appropriate for him to be jingling his change in his pocket, but I saw Seve Ballesteros do that a number of times when he was playing. It would be totally inappropriate for a caddy to be jingling change in his pocket. The caddy cannot be part of the match where he actually affects what is going to happen in that match. So uh, I'm sure there will be a lot of discussion about that, and I don't think you'll see Joe. He's a great caddy. Uh, he's a wonderful guy, and he made a big mistake. Let, let me get to this. Are caddies welcome in the team room and, and things like the Ryder Cup, or is that exclusively for players? It's kind of a new thing, and the answer is yes, they are. Uh, they are very much part of the group. I, I understand that. It's important. Caddies are really important. Um, but it's, it's a different caddy these days. It's, you look at these guys. Joe LaCava is paid a huge salary by Patrick Cantley. He, he has a salary for the year. He's not earning X amount of dollars based on how Patrick finishes in the tournament. He's got a guarantee. Uh, and I think that gives them a little bit of entitlement and makes them feel like, okay, they're a little more part of the actual competition than they really are. Uh, they shouldn't be celebrating on the green of play like that. If Joe wanted to run off the green uh, and start jumping around and waving his hat, that's that's fine, but not out on the green, and not when Rory hadn't putted yet. No, I, I hear what you're saying. That makes perfect sense. You think this will remove any chance of Joe LaCava being able to caddy in another Ryder Cup? I don't think so. I, I don't think so. You know, you got to remember that these guys all play the PGA Tour together. Um, you know, Joe, when he was Tiger's caddy for all those years, um, you know, he, he got to know everybody really well. Joe does have Fred Couples in his camp. He caddied for Fred Couples forever. So Fred Couples, one of the assistant captains, uh, is, is going to be in Joe's camp. Joe, Joe will be all right. He'll get out of this. He can't afford another mistake like that, though. No, I hear you. That's a, that's a one-time-only deal. L let me get to this. Best young player, did you think, on the European side? Oh, boy. Um, you know, Nikolai Hogard played great early on. Um Ober, who I guess think changed his name for the Ryder Cup. We've been calling him Aberg forever, and all of a sudden we were told you pronounce it Ober. I don't know how that happens, but I, that seems to pretty regularly these days. So Ober uh, was solid. The guy that impressed me more than anybody was Robert McIntyre. He came into the week in terrible form. By all accounts, uh, he's 25 years old, Scotsman. By all accounts, he wasn't going to play very much in the uh, team pairings, um, driving it all over Italy. Uh, and somehow, and this is where Luke Donald did a really good job, he inspired this guy to find his game, and he ended up winning two matches. So um, Robert McIntyre, the lefty from Scotland, was the biggest surprise amongst the young players. Okay, and who would you say? Would you say Cantley, the best American player? I don't think so. I think it was Max Homa. Uh, you really dissect what Homa did. Um, you know, the, the, the bottom line is Europeans make way more putts in the Ryder Cup. We keep trying to figure out why. I don't know. But in pouring through the stats today on strokes gain putting, six of the top seven putters in the Ryder Cup were European. Yeah. Um, you know, Max Homa was the only guy that really performed kind of in all the categories. He was 3-1-1, one, one, uh, played all, all five matches. It didn't turn out, uh, you know, exactly the way – the Americans thought, but he was a rock and I think will be for many team competitions to come for the U.S. 
Okay, let's get to the coaching. You mentioned you thought Luke Donald did a terrific job. How about Zach Johnson? Did you feel like he kind of under, underwhelmed a little bit? I'm going to say I think he did. And I think once he really digested all, um, now he has got a much more difficult situation. And I think I told you this last Wednesday, an American visiting captain has a really, really tough job. He also has to deal with the personalities of who's going to play and who isn't going to play a whole lot more. Um, Nikolai Hogard, you know, didn't play after a really good start. Uh, and I think he was fine with that. He didn't, he didn't go up and cause Luke Donald any problems about that. I thought Luke um, generated the right amount of um, kind of fun and uh, positive energy for his team. The U.S. team uh, really was very tight, it looked to me like, particularly Friday morning. They weren't signing autographs. They weren't doing really anything the Euros were doing. Um, you know, got to remember, too, Luke Donald only had – he had five months less to work on this Ryder Cup than Zach Johnson did because Henry Stenson was supposed to be the captain. Yeah, I know. I think when he went to to live, that was it. He was out. So that that was interesting that he would. Uh, uh, to me, that kind of showed that it didn't. It wasn't as important to him as it is to a lot of guys to be captain. You know, at the end of the press conference last night, one of the reporters, a British journalist, said, "Does anybody in this room think that Luke Luke Donald ought to be the captain again two years from now?" And every one of the players on the European side raised their hand. Yes. Wow. That doesn't happen very so often. That tells you something. No doubt. Yeah, you don't see that very often. So he he obviously did a very, very good job. And this thing uh, is going to be held where next, Mark? I know it's at the U.S. and, and uh, what course? It's going to be held at Best Page in New York. Oh, that's Best Page uh, Black, be right? Yeah. Rowdiest, right? Yeah, one of the rowdiest Ryder Cups. If you remember 20 years ago, Sergio Garcia, you know, just got absolutely pummeled by the crowd there because of his clubbery gripping and everything else um it was all set the captains for that Ryder cup were set it was going to be phil mickelson nope that's not going to happen and it was going to be ian polder nope that's not going to happen which is really too bad when you think about it so now having said that i really believe given that they want to have a great Ryder cup in the u.s and the u.s wants to get as much of a home course advantage as they can i think you will see tiger as the captain for America. Wow, that's going to be really interesting. So, Mark, you're spending an extra day in Rome. Are you going to hang out a bit? Yeah, hung out a little bit already and getting ready to head back to the U.S. tomorrow. All right, Mark. Thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, being willing to do the wraparound with us today. All right, take care, Bobby. Mark Rolfing from NBC and the Golf Channel. We'll take a quick time out and be right back on the Bobby Curran Show, ESPN, Honolulu. Welcome back to the Monday edition of the program. Uh, Bobby Curran with Tanner Hayworth. Monday night football. I just have, I don't have a good feeling. That has not been a great weekend for the things I root for. Certainly, I was rooting for the Miami Dolphins. That didn't go well. Of course, the Rainbow Warriors, and that wasn't good either. And, uh, and then the U.S. in the Ryder Cup, and that was a disaster, frankly. And we just had Mark Rowling, Rolfing, and he's not sugarcoating it. He said the U.S. just got outplayed, seemed to have... Uh, be tight, have the wrong attitude about the whole deal. And, of course, the inc incident with Joe LaCava and uh, Rory McIlroy on 
on Saturday evening. That was that was ugly. I mean, there was a number of things that were not good. We got Don on the line. What's up, Don? Hey, Bobby. Thanks for taking my call. Um, one of the games I'll be watching for college will be uh, Ohio State and Maryland game this, this coming Saturday. Yeah. Um, Maryland's on a roll. Ohio State had a hard time with uh, Notre Dame, but they're on the road. But this this is a game I'll be watching because you got a experienced quarterback at Maryland and a sophomore at uh, Ohio State. And uh, Ohio State's number four. And I want to see something happen in that game. That wouldn't shock me uh, if uh, Talia uh, had a great game against Ohio State. I mean, he's he's a very experienced quarterback. I remember June Jones telling me about, must have been six years ago, he said that he was coaching uh, out at, uh, what was it, at um, uh, the Hurricanes. And, uh, Coppola, yeah. and, and he said to me, he said, he's not as good an athlete as Tua, he said, but he's a better passer. Now, I don't know if he right. still thinks that because a lot of years have gone by, but let's leave it at this. He's a very good passer. So I think that's going to be a really, really interesting deal. Yeah, and then my other game would be NFL v. Jacksonville Jaguars against Buffalo Bills. you got two Josh Allens, one linebacker on Jaguars and the quarterback for uh, Buffalo. That will be interesting to see what happens in that situation. Well, Trevor Lawrence, uh, yeah, he is – He's like the girl with the curl. Sometimes he's uh, unbelievable, and other times he's awful. He can have a yeah. bad. He can really put together a bad half. But I think that'll that'll probably dissipate as he gets a little bit more familiar with the league, a little bit more veteran status. I expect he'll be smoother than he has been. I mean, more consistent. Let's put it that way. Okay. Good so stuff. What is your prediction? What's uh, your prediction for uh, Jacksonville and Buffalo? Key? I, yeah, I'm going to go with Buffalo. I just think Buffalo's been more consistent. And uh, even though that, that hasn't been unbelievably consistent, losing to the Jets was unreal, I thought. But uh, for one thing about the Jets, I, I, listen, everybody's saying it. Zach Wilson is playing better than he was. He's starting to look like he has the chance to be a decent NFL quarterback. I think that a lot of people had given up on him at the beginning of the year. When Rodgers got hurt, they said, that's it. Let me, let's face it. They were pretty competitive yesterday with Kansas City. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not high on the Jets' chances of doing really well. But, my God, they're good on defense. I thought they got jobbed on a couple of calls yesterday. That was my own. That's mine. I'm not a Jet fan, mind you. We got a Jet fan around here. It's not me, though. <laughs> You know who that is. All right. Thanks. Thank you for the call. And if you have something, uh, go ahead, 296-1420, 808-prefix. So if you have something on the NFL, now would be a good time to get it in. Yep, it was a tough weekend for me. Now it could get tougher still because the Giants are a a one-and-a-half-point dog uh, to the Seattle Seahawks tonight at home at MetLife. I don't give the Giants – I I just don't have a good feeling. Maybe it's because of the way the weekend's been going. But I was reading a little article on uh, Danny Dimes. I mean, he's done everything the Giants could really ask for. He's, he's actually been pretty good. He's not getting very well protected right now, though, and that's trouble for any quarterback. That was not going to be a problem, they didn't think. But they've got a couple of guys dinged, and Andrew Thomas, out, he's out. He's not playing. That's a big loss for them. That's their best offensive lineman. And it, it's taken the new center from... Uh, uh, where is he from, Minnesota, I think. It t- it's taken him a while to adjust to the NFL. I, th- I think he will. I think he's going to be a very – remember Andrew Thomas they didn't like the first year. But he has really come to be one of the best uh, tackles 
in the NFL. I, I don't see any reason that couldn't stay that way. Um, if you have something that you want to talk to us about, now's a good time. And uh, everybody wants to talk NFL. I, this is the least I've heard anyone talk about the Ryder Cup since I've been doing the show. And I've always paid attention to the Ryder Cup here. Mark Roffing is fabulous. But I just think that 4-0 start on the Friday morning session, 4-0 to the Europeans, I just think that, that took the air out of the U.S. balloon. It, it became less interesting to a lot of people then. Even people, a lot of people who aren't wildly big golf fans, but they get into it for the Ryder Cup, particularly when the U.S. is doing well. But when the U.S. just soils the sheets like that and then, you know, starts to have, like, they don't look like they've got energy, that's a problem, a real problem. I know, I, I don't know. The, the women, I guess, were come back on the Solheim Cup, uh, and that ended up being a tie, and that's disappointing for the women. Uh, but, I mean, at least they're enthusiastic and we're all about it. I think the men's team just, maybe we got to think twice about how we make the captain's picks. I mean, it did seem like there was a little buddying thing going on with Justin Thomas. He was terrible towards the end of the year. He would never have qualified. But, you know, it was like he's a good guy. He's good in the team room. He's really intense and all that. Well... I mean, do you need people to... I like what Brooks Kepka said about the live guys who didn't make it. He goes, you want to make the Ryder Cup team? He goes, play better. Now, he's pretty blunt. Just play better. And if they had played better, they would have gotten a better result. But that's a wipeout. In, in terms of Ryder Cup, to lose at 16.5 to 11.5, that's a good beatdown. That's the same margin as they went into Sunday. They were down five points. They, they finished down by five points. Not good. Not good at all. So I am going to, I, I don't want to do this because every time I do it, I get in trouble. So I'm not going to pick against the Giants, but I have severe doubts. Let's put it. I'd feel better if everybody was healthy, but they're not. And therefore, I don't feel great. I want to thank Tanner Hayworth for all his good work. And uh, we will see you tomorrow right here on The Bobby Curran Show.